I'm Garrett Elzinga. I'm Mike Logan, and this better be good. Now, before we start, we have to make a correction that we forgot about last week about the nun. Uh, Vera Farmiga, it is her sister, not her daughter, that is the main star of the nun. Did we not correct that? We didn't correct it. We, I texted you, and you said, oh, yeah. oh well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, and I gotta, I, I've been going through, like, listening to the audio, I have to stop slapping my knees and clapping, because every time I do that, I have to take the audio down. I <laughs> so, had, I realized I gotta switch I this noticed bracelet that. to yeah. this hand, because it was slapping against my watch all I the time. I noticed that. Alright. Um, um, so yeah, you guys know the podcast, uh, Garrett and I, we, we preview a movie before seeing it, then we see it, then we re- review it afterward. Um... This week we're doing the film White Boy Rick. Um, White Boy Rick. Which, uh, since Garrett and I first saw the trailer for, we've been pretty excited about. Um, and then the reviews came out, and they're not so bueno. I have not read them. A um, lot of lot of people saying it's just a mishmash of shit. Like it's just a, it's too many storylines to keep track of. Yeah, I saw this. Not a lot of the, the general consensus was it's really well acted, but it's very disjointed, scattered, um, scatterbrained. Which uh, you know. So is Detroit. Let's see it. Hey, come on, guys. Um, so yeah, uh, White Boy Rick is a, st- a movie that stars Matthew McConaughey and newcomer Richie Merritt about um, uh, Rick, <laughs> sorry, Rick Worshey Jr., who uh, was a very famous crime syndicate syndicate himself, <laughs> essentially in Detroit, Detroit in the early '80s, early to mid '80s. Um, I, as a, a, a baby of Detroit, a child of Detroit, have I heard of him growing up? Um, he's not. Uh, he's a legend out there. He was running the game when he was 15 years old. Like, he was just out there selling guns, selling everything, making all that kind of, making all that beautiful, that beautiful moolah. Oh, I wish I had some of that beautiful moolah. I don't know. I felt very gold bloomy when I just did that. Uh, uh, m- uh, money. Money. Was, oh, oh, just a little taste. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. He uh, sparkles. You guys cannot see the hand movements I'm doing, but I'm doing a spot on Jeff Goldblum manner. It's pretty good. Um... But yeah, so then uh, the FBI comes up to him and says, hey, you're going to be an informant for us. And he's like, nah. And then they're like, oh, well, um, your dad's a criminal and we're going to put him away. So he's like, okay, fine. And then um, then he gets arrested by the Michigan State Police. The FBI essentially disavows any knowledge of him existing to oh, them. Kind of like American Made with Tom Cruise. A little bit, yeah. yeah Except yeah. he got out of it. Except for in the no, end. No, not easy. Um, but then he goes to prison for life, and he is still in fucking prison for life. Dude, this uh, is fucking... In, I, I am listening to, like, true crime podcasts constantly right now, and this judicial system that we call a system is fucking broken. It is so broken. Yeah, the it's idea, crazy. The idea that essentially lost paperwork can get you life in prison That's is, so uh, is stupid. ridiculous, yeah. Oh. But, um, but yeah, uh, Garrett, what do you think? What do you think going in? I don't know. It, if... if if it focuses on that aspect of it at like at the end, like a call to action, I'm happy because uh, that to me is the most fascinating part of it. I've seen so many movies where someone like someone's doing crime, doing crime. <laughs> someone's God. oh kids are out there doing the crime. I've seen so many movies where people are doing crime, and then it is so uninteresting to me. The most interesting part is what happens after the crime. What, yeah. what happens? Like, well, yeah, if they that's... do a movie about all the shit that Al Capone did, I'm like, cool, that could be the first 40 minutes, and then the rest of it should be like, well, he evaded taxes, and he went to prison, and then uh, he got killed somehow. Like, make up some shit about yeah. how he, you know, died, and then uh, his body's never been found. Yeah, um, I'm hoping that... These I'm... things are interesting to me. I am the same way. I hope that they deal with, like, the, yeah. the fallout of what happens to him. Yeah. Because I, I know, I'm pretty sure the movie isn't just taking place before 
the arrest. I want to say I'm going to predict the arrest is going to happen like halfway through the film. Then I'm fine. And with then it. the rest is going to be like the family dealing with what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll be I'll be good with that. That's because yeah, you I see in see. the trailer, you see like in the trailer they talk about like you see him talking to like a lawyer or whatever. Yeah. And then um, so you know he's going to get arrested in the movie. Would uh, you Would you believe if a 15 year old was uh, whatever or working, working for, the for the FBI? But but he but was. He was. <laughs> but he um, was. But yeah, um, interesting story too. Yeah, I think I, I agree one hundred percent. I think um, the justice system failed this kid. Dude, it, um, is, it has failed so many people. Yeah, and it's I think crazy. that's a more interesting story than like glorifying a drug lord. And you know what? You know what it is too. Um, it is the the cops basically saying we think, not even think. We know what happened. Well, no. do you though? They think that they know what happened. Therefore, they disregard all other evidence because it's a fucking bunch of paperwork well, that you know they don't want to have to deal with, so therefore they focus only on one person, say that's what it was, they present the case, and they present the case only in a way that the jury is going to, like, the jury only gets a certain amount of information from each side. Mm-hmm. The defense has to defend against those things and not bring up new things in the trial. And uh, the judicial system is in the hands of the cops, so basically that's the whole reason that they can get away with doing all the fucking things that they do, which is breaking law consistently during the judicial trial. It's like, it, it's so... If you can see that, then you can be like, oh, it's broken, of course. And then Cosby gets three to ten years today. He's actually looking at life now. Oh, he, got, he just got sentenced three, today? Sentenced today, three to ten years. Oh, fuck off. Right? Jesus. Right? Like, come on. <laughs> Three to ten years for raping 80 women. All right. Yeah, you know, whatever. Um, and then my thing, too, is, like, uh, murder is so, like, there's, like, different degrees of murder. Mm-hmm. And then uh, based, and then there's also involuntary manslaughter, which is, like, if you hit someone with your car accidentally. And yeah. you can get a certain amount of time in prison. But then, you know, rape, confirmed, three to ten years. You know, really? It's okay. funny, too, because um, a lot of the... Pro- he will die in, like, two, so that's fine. A lot of the reason um, uh, uh, Rick went to... Uh, I even trying to say Rick. I think of Rick and Morty. <laughs> a lot of reason that Rick went to the Citadel of the Ricks... Um, <laughs> the reason he went to jail was because they changed the laws on what can, what constitutes distributing drugs... Of course they ...while did. he was, like, undercover. Of course they did. Like, they bumped it up from, like... I think it was, like, 6 grams. They bumped it up to 6.5 grams. And, like, he got pulled over, and he had 6.5 grams of drugs on him. Wow. And then... But interesting, uh, great-looking cast in this film. All of them attractive. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, no, they're not. Uh, we got Matthew McConaughey. Uh, obviously, we all know who that is. Uh, Richie Merritt, who is um, literally a newcomer. Literally this his, is first his first job. Show. Yeah. Ever. Like he's never even worked a job before. <clears throat> interesting story about how they came to cast this kid, um, which I heard on the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. Um, apparently, the casting director was going around because they shot a lot of the movie in Cleveland. Um, he does look like a Cleveland kid. Well, he's act- they found him in Boston. Oh. Uh, so they were going around to Cleveland and Boston, like, looking for, like, you know, tough 15-year-old kids. I don't know why I did this. He's not very buff. They're looking for tough 15-year-old kids. Also, it is an audio podcast. Yeah. Just, yeah, Mike Logan just, I just did a I just flexed thing. when I said buff. Um, but um, he went to a bunch of uh, schools, principal's offices, and asked, you know, I'm uh, looking for this kind of kid, blah, blah, blah. And he apparently went into a principal's office in Boston, and uh, Richie the kid who plays Rick was sitting in the principal's office when the cast director walked in the secretary's office. Principal was standing outside of his office and the guy was like, hey, listen, I'm here, you know, I'm with whatever production company in film and we're looking to cast this new film and he describes the character and the principal says, and I quote Matthew McConaughey, well, that's the bastard you want right there. Oh, <laughs> and man. points at the kid. 
And so then um, the kid, apparently, who's not big into movies, didn't even know who Matthew McConaughey was. No. Like, McConaughey says that he met him at a bowling alley. Because, you know, it's an adult meeting a kid. you got to be somewhere neutral, I guess. Somewhere in public. Yeah, and he says, uh, McConaughey says, yeah, so I met this kid at this bowling alley. I walked into the bowling alley, and I said, hey, I'm Matthew McConaughey. And he says, okay. Didn't know who I was. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it was like, this kid is so... But apparently he's very good in the film. Oh, I'm um, excited. But yeah, we've got Brian Tyree Henry, who's from uh, Atlanta, plays uh, Paperboy on Atlanta. Um, I believe... Uh, crap, what's his name? Donald Sutherland, isn't it? Oh, Not really? Not Donald Sutherland. Um, what's his goddamn name? God damn it. I was hoping... God damn Sorry about that. I was hoping it was Donald Sutherland. Uh, no, it's I love fucking Bruce Dern. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he you is... You can see a... how I get confused. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good-looking cast. Um, I'm still I'm really bummed... And this may be a conversation for another day, but the idea of like Detroit becoming this up and coming city is kind of a gift and a curse. Because yeah. I feel like they should have filmed this movie in Detroit. It's obviously set in Detroit in the 80s, but the fact that Detroit isn't a huge shithole anymore may have affected where they chose to shoot this movie. Yes. Which is why they shot it in Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if there's anybody listening from Cleveland, but I mean, the proof is in the I've pudding. been there. It is not a good place. <laughs> It is bad. Yeah, so I mean, it's just weird. It, it sucks that Detroit didn't get these jobs that came from this, you know, two months of shooting. Yeah. Um, but you know, '90s fashion is just in. It's, it's just in. Everyone's wearing '90s fashion. Um, but yeah, uh, I did. That's I, casting is weird. Like I know Vancouver stands in for a lot of different locations, and I just wish that like that that the governments of states would just cave and just give tax credits to films. I mean, they bring yeah. jobs to whatever state you're in. Well, we had that Michigan thing for a while. We did when Granholm was president, and then, or governor, and then uh, Snyder took over, and he decided, uh, yeah, I'm going to add to my lame duckness by taking away tax breaks. Oh, great, all these movies are gone. Yeah, we had two movies that were filmed here, and that's how... We had a bunch of movies that were filmed here. There was, I mean, you I had 30 of. Minutes or Less, you had um, Gran Torino, you had uh, Why Him, which was filmed here, like, before Granholm even left office, but then it got shelved for, like, four years. What was that, Jason Segal and... Uh, With Jesse Eisenberg. I forgot that was called, but that was actually filmed while Snyder was president, or governor. Why do you keep saying president? I don't know. Um, You're weird. I don't know. I'm tired. Um, hey, can we talk about the Captain Marvel trailer for a second? Did yeah, we got a couple of minutes. Did you see it? I did. What'd you think? Um, so, it looks fine. It was kind of an I underwhelming trailer. horribly underwhelmed. It was very much like, um, it seemed like, remember the first Deadpool trailer that took all the shots from like the freeway chase scene? Yeah. It reminds me of that. Like, there's only like two real scenes in the trailer that you see. You see... You see her origin, which is a very quick blink if you miss it kind of thing. You see the shots of like Clark Gregg and Sam Jackson. You see Brie Larson punch an old woman. And you see like the Cree. But there isn't much else given away in the trailer, which I'm not mad about. Which I'm fine with, but I just feel like... It, it doesn't get it, me excited. The thing is, it's about her. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's called Captain Marvel, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like there is no emotion from her. The entire That's a lot of people complaining her about face that, yeah. does not move one time. And, yeah, which is uh, weird because Brie Larson's a phenomenal Oscar-nominated actress. Yeah, you'd think that they're like she's just she's in plain, Oscar winning. Excuse she's me. plain clothes, just staring off in I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah, there's I mean, nothing out of her. You know what? I will say maybe this means that Captain Marvel is not going to be a very light film. Like it might be a little heavier, which I'm not mad about. Oh, I'm fine um, with that. But then there should be like some sad emotion. There's just literally a blank. Like a, her I face think, is attacked. I think a lot of it. A lot of it has to do thing. with the fact that I think a lot of those scenes are very neutral, emotionally neutral scenes. Like there's not really any scenes of her like you know like losing a battle or like uh, losing somebody or she being punches happy. The, just a 
the yeah. lady in the face. Yeah, but she doesn't look. I, I mean, you don't. Her fist does more emotion than her <laughs> face does. Like you should like look angry. Yeah, you know? a, lo a lot of complaints I've seen online have been about her uh, lack of emotion in the trailer. But I, I, I'm gonna wait for the second trailer. Marvel trailers yeah. kind of the first trailer is always like, here's a look at what we've been doing. Also, I don't think they're done filming yet. Like they're still like oh, doing. Oh, interesting. Not, I don't think they're done editing. So I think the second trailer will be better. Hopefully, if not. They're I'm, still editing uh, Avengers uh, 4. Yeah, just, I, they just did reshoots last week for yeah. Avengers 4. I, yeah, I saw the like all the Instagram posts or whatever. Yeah. Of, uh, all, like Jeremy Renner is like excited about yeah. being in a movie. <laughs> um, Tessa Thompson, was uh, she went with uh, Chris Hemsworth somewhere. Oh, so Valkyrie's going to be yeah, in it. Yeah, Valkyrie's going to be in it. Man, it is so hard to just dodge all these fucking spoilers. There are so many spoilers about Avengers that have been online. I haven't so seen many. any of them. And like, I have to like fly past so many news articles now because it's always... It's always the question is always is this a possible Avengers four spoiler? I'm like, if it is, don't talk about it. Yeah, like, don't what are do you it. doing? Stop it. Dear, I, dear I media, what... if you're the media, could you please just stop throwing spoilers out there? Don't do it. I just don't know what people get out of ruining um, a movie. No, yeah, trying to guess it. You're taking all the fun out of just sitting in a movie and experiencing it by being like, well, maybe they're all in the, the Soul Stone, and this is how they're gonna go back. It's like just fucking. This is a funny thing. My dad ruined uh, American History X for me. Um, Cause we're watching it. He'd never seen it before, mm. which I he, I, he had to have seen it before. But I, we're watching it, and then it's just to the last scene where it's like you. I, I'm gonna spoil American History X for you guys. Uh, Edward Furlong gets shot in the bathroom, mm. um, and then my dad, right before that happens, he's like, "Oh, he's gonna get shot in the bathroom." And I'm like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" You, I'm like, "You've never seen this?" He's like, "No, I never seen it before." And I'm like, "Even if you, it, why, why would you say that?" Ruined. Ruined the movie because then the emotional <laughs> impact is gone because you're, you're continually it, yeah. thinking. It's like I don't understand unless a movie is so like guessable. Yeah. Uh, then you know. My mom ruined Training Day uh, for me. Oh, because she said Denzel was gonna get shot. Yeah. Well, she had seen it before, and like I remember. So this was when did that movie come out? Two thousand two. Were you watching it at the time? No, I hadn't seen That's it. That's the craziest thing. It was. To me. We, had like to we wait. were fucking watching it at the time, and it gets to the scene, and he's like, "Oh, he's gonna shoot." Oh, it God. was back when you had to like when you watch HBO premieres on Saturday nights. Yeah. And um, it premiered Saturday, but I didn't get a chance to watch it for some reason. And uh, I guess my mom watched it, uh, and then we went to my grandmother's house because because Back, if people who used to have cable, whoever still does, you're weird. We do, but, but we um, watch it. HBO used to do uh, Saturday night premieres where they premiere a new movie every Saturday night, and then they do a replay of the premiere on Tuesday. So you wouldn't be able to see the movie between Saturday and Tuesday. And there was no DVR back then. Like it was just you had to see it. And we went to my grandmother's house for uh, Sunday dinner, and we're sitting there, and uh, I was talking to my grandma about being excited to watch the new Training Day movie. Mm -hmm. And then my mom says, "Oh, I watched it the other night. It was very good." I'm like, "Great, great." She says. It's just unfortunate that Denzel dies at the end. I'm oh, jeez! Like, Spoiler alert: Denzel dies at the end of Training Day. <laughs> yeah, I feel like everyone. Yeah, that movie came out like that. 20 years ago. You're fine. But yeah, oh, so so um, annoying. Garrett, any final thoughts before we go into the film? Um, I think it'll be good. I don't know. We've we've been fucked over on so many movies lately. Like last week with the Predator, we were just like, oh yeah, that'll be fine. Woof. I'm really. I, I'm just going into every movie now with very low expectations. Yeah. So, um, uh, let's let's say, f let's go middle of the road, five out of ten. Um, but he is. is <laughs> but he is is. But he is. Um, 
Yeah, I think I agree. I'm not gonna set my bar real high. But he was. Um, oh, I'm looking forward to it. I hope they I hope they capture the culture of Detroit in the eighties. Don't think they will. Um but uh I'm gonna go a little high. I'm gonna give it a six I'm gonna give it six six hung juries out of oh. ten. Oh there you go. So you guys listen to this trailer. There's a lot of dialogue in it. You'll be, you'll be real happy about that. Um, listen to this trailer. We'll be back in two and a half minutes. Yay! How come we stay, Dad? Yeah. Detroit. Son, lion don't leave the Serengeti. Besides, it's going to be our year. I can feel it. Worst father ever. I'm not gonna let you ruin your life, Don. No drugs in the house. Everything's fine. Not fine. You're fine, Ma's fine. Don, you. you're fine. You're gonna let her talk to I'm going to the goddamn Shut house. Ray, stay out of it. Put some clothes on, will ya? We're going for custard. Y'all know who my dad is, right? Y'all know what he said? Y'all know your broke ass dad. <laughs> what you said your name was? Brett. Hey, white boy Rick. You got some balls coming here like you did. You should come out of skating rail sometime. But not like this. But like you robbed the Kmart or something. You good, Rick. You wanna move weight? You come to me. My dad finds this, he'll kick my ass. Yeah, just make sure he doesn't find it then. Break it down. The dime rocks. Get yourself a crew and offload it before long. People know you legit. It's Ricky! He won! Gonna get in too deep. Man, they're gonna let you out. You talk, I'll know. Eight pounds, fourteen ounces. That's what you weighed when you were born. First time I looked in your eyes, I knew you were gonna be bigger than me. I knew your life was gonna be bigger than mine. Look at this, Dad. Look how we're living. Let's hustle big. I know the players, man. I know the game. Hey, come on, Dad. I can do this. And we can do this. We can fix our lives and be a family again. What do you say? Would you believe a 15-year-old kid was working for the federal government? But he was. Whoa! Whoa! Shit. Hey. What? You all got him? Look at this cloud, first of all. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like a volcano. I always love looking at clouds that look like volcanoes. Ah, that's a paraclastic cloud. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> Dante's Peak. Oh, um, that movie's bad. It's not great. It's better than Volcano, though. Uh, I never saw Volcano. I have Volcano. I don't Tommy have Lee Dante's Jones. Peak. Yeah. You have Volcano? You don't have Dante's Peak? Uh, Dante's I've peak seen is Dante's the, Peak. Dante's Peak is like the... Uh, if Dante's Peak and Volcano are like the deep impact in Armageddon of whatever year that movies came out. Oh. So Dante's Peak is like the better film. So, whereas Volcano is like deep the impact. And yeah. Yeah, Dante's Peak is deep, deep impact. Okay. Volcano is Armageddon. Interesting. So they're both bad. <laughs> <laughs> they're, well, I remember I, I haven't seen Dante's Peak since I was a kid, and I remember fucking loving that oh, movie. Oh, yeah. I love Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton. Uh, this fucking... We're, are, let's just get back into the podcast, because we're feeling good after this movie, folks. Yeah, it was very good. Are you recording? Oh, we're recording. I'm hey. record, I've been hey. recording the whole time. Oh, yeah. I was going to say something uh, personal. Oh, um, well, just tell me right now, and I'll cut it out. Yeah. And here we go. 
We are riding high, man. It was a good movie. Um, uh, welcome back. Uh, Garrett is rolling a, a, no, a, I'm hand, not. a handmade joint um, and farting. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to get that 18 to 24 demographic. <laughs> we crushed it. We crushed it like a camel blue. Oh, I have to look at our numbers. We are we are, we are rating really high in... Are you ready for this? Guess. Guess Farters. what demographic? Farters. Guess what demographic list is supposed oh, to most? Oh, man. I don't know. Old Judy Christman ladies. Close. Really? <laughs> it's, it's like 34... Or no, it's a... Uh, 30 to 34 year old women is our largest audience. It's because we're so attractive. It's, uh, you can hear how attractive we are, can't you, ladies? Thank oh, you. Thank I'm, you very much. I'm very man pretty. Um, look at this guy's shirt. That is pink. That guy is owning it. I, I mean, think they're both gay. All right. <laughs> oh, definitely. That shirt is so pink, though. Um, anyway, um, White Boy Rick, we just saw it. Uh, we enjoyed it. Um, I think it's safe to say we enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, Garrett? Initial thoughts. Um, I think all the reviewers that said the negative things they said about it are full of shit. I think that is... They saw the wrong movie or they watched this correct movie wrong. There's no way that it is um, lackluster or um, disjointed. I think I was reading, I was reading just like, it's all over the place, and I, it, it's not that at all. Like, I think it balances everything very well. Yeah, I was weird, the, very the, interested throughout the whole movie where it's, like, the crime stuff happening mm -hmm. and the friendships and relationships and family kind of um, trying times and all the stress of that. Like, everything is balanced really well. It was weird that they said that, like, there were so many stories they were juggling. There's but, uh, two there, stories. Yeah, there's not. I don't know where they got that idea from. There's two stories. I mean, there's the... there's. If I would say there's any subplots, I mean, the main plot is obviously focuses on Rick. Um, and the subplot, I guess there are four plots in this movie. Subplot. Yeah, I mean, there's, but you it's... Got Rick, you've got Rick in his deals with dealing with the FBI and getting into this crime world. That he's yeah, but that's into. the same as saying there's different characters. Like, different characters have different motivations. That's in every movie And then you've ever. got uh, Matthew McConaughey plays Rick Sr., who... Yep. Uh, is dealing with raising his kids. You've got Dawn, who's Rick's sister, who's dealing with drug uh, dependency. And then you've got smaller subplots within the crime, the Johnny, whatever his name is. Hey! Uh, good, how are you? <laughs> the Johnny Crime thing, or whatever he is. Jo Johnny Crime. We'll call him Johnny Crime. Because uh, I don't remember his last name. But, um, Johnny Crime. But then there's, um, there's like a subplot of him like saying, you know, his little... I don't know if they were saying his brother or his nephew, Boo... Another kid in. His I can't gang. remember who. Boo they don't is. actually establish. He's the one kid, the first kid who meets them when he's like coming out of the skate uh, to the skate lane. Oh yeah, he's in it. That's Boo. And then not again. He's in it a little bit, but they, they talk about him a lot. But he's not in the movie a lot. See, my thing is like I think I think they dropped a lot of. Um, they started threads and then just didn't finish them. Well, I think that could be up to editing because how long is this movie? It's like two hours something, isn't it? It's about two hours. I think it's yeah. like one fifty-seven or something. Uh, I think I think some things needed a second to breathe, but I like if I heard a name like Boo, I'd just be like, oh well, Boo Red. That's probably yeah, <laughs> yeah, Boo Radley. Uh, I'm like, well, that's probably someone that like means something to him. So I just kind of associated that with that. Like I assumed that every movie that has something that doesn't make sense now, I just assume is studio interference. Yeah. And because uh, I mean, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, perfect example. The director's cut of that is like two hours and forty-seven minutes. Like that was the original runtime. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, we can't release this, so cut it down. Pretty long. And it's like, it, it is long for sure. But it's like it would make some other things make sense. Sure. Uh, um, and I think that happens in a lot of movies. And it's just a way of like, how do we cut this to make it, you know? So on repeat viewings, I'll be like, oh, that's boo. 
Mm. Well, I my only the, this is my only complaint. I have two complaints about the movie. One of them is the Boo character, mm. um, and the other reasoning is my complaint about him is he's very underdeveloped. But they talk about him like he's very developed. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they talk about him a lot in the film. Boo is like I said, we don't know the nephew or the son of the main crime guy that Rick gets involved with in the beginning. Yeah. Jimmy and Crime, Johnny Crime. Johnny Crime. Uh, but, yeah, they talk about him all the time, but he's barely in the movie. I know. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, Rick talks about how he's his best friend. We never see them establish a relationship with each no. other. Uh, we see them go to the skate rink, like, twice. And then uh, we're supposed to assume that they're besties. Um, Johnny Crime. I love calling him Johnny Crime. It's crime time. <laughs> Johnny Crime talks about, you know, if Boo gets in trouble for all this. And, like, they implicate that Boo is involved in this gang. Yeah. But Johnny talks about him like he's not. Yeah, because he's like he's like oh I don't I don't want Boo going out for any of this Boo can't go out for this shit like Boo he's not part of this life and it's like he is like he's yeah. the one who paid Rick the first time he sold them guns yeah so it's weird that was the, that was one of my main complaints went through was I was just like stop talking about Boo because like he's not in the movie yeah like, and, and then I, my other complaint was I didn't think that the kid who played Rick was that good he, I I thought that he towards the end like the end I don't spoil anything yet but there's those yeah. scenes at the end that are very powerful and he's very good in those scenes I I, but I feel like I the rest of the movie he was very just kind of meh. Yeah, he was kind of mad, but I wasn't like turned off by it. I no, was, it didn't like, take me out of the movie, but like yeah. he definitely didn't. He didn't have. He's again, this kid's first film ever, first job ever. Yeah, I'm not. I took that into consideration while watching the film. Like, okay, this is his first movie. He's only going to get better. But I think as going on in the movie, he gets better. He does sure. get better, as the movie and I goes think along. that also is like probably a, char- a, a director's choice with character or something like that. Yeah, could, I just, but I mean, also like. He just seemed like you know. he was very one note for the whole film up until the end. Yeah. But at the end, he was very good. Like, he got really good towards all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, I don't know what happened between um, the shoot days, but, I mean, beginning of the movie, he was just very one note. Um, but those are my only complaints about the movie. Otherwise, that was a really good film. It was, it was wasn't great. it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the gripes that I have are minor, and they didn't take me out of the movie at all. The grapes that you have are minor? The gripes. Gripes. The gripes. Oh, sorry. Um, grapes of Wrath. The Grapes of Wrath. Yeah, but no, this is just a great movie. It was well acted. Uh... Everybody played their characters really well. Well written. Dialogue was great. Dialogue was fantastic. Matthew McConaughey. God. Remember failure to launch Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, yeah, I do. Fuck it. Matthew McConaughey has slowly, very slowly evolved into the best, one of the best actors working today. He is just, he's a scene stealer. Every time he's on screen, you're just gravitating. You listen to him intently. Like, he is, he steals every, granted, he's the star of the movie. But he's like, so funny as he's, well. He's very good and like, he's, and I thought it was interesting that I leaned, for over, I leaned over to you at one point and I said, uh, he is the best shitty dad ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's not a great father, but he kind of is still, if that makes any sense. He's only, he's doing what, I mean, and this is crime as well. Crime time. Yeah. You just do what you think is best for your family. And and he wasn't really committing not. crimes. He was selling guns legally, but to people who were using the guns then for illegal acts. But he was, he was modifying them, so that's manufacturing. Well, that's true, yeah. Um, but when you're good at making silencers, you're good at making silencers. Oh, God, he's really good at making silencers. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so his character, uh, which we haven't said yet, is uh, he's a, an arms dealer, a legal, a-legal arms dealer um, who goes to gun shows, buys guns on the cheap, sells them really, you know, overpriced to people, which, yeah. again, is not illegal. Um, he owns the property. He can sell it for whatever the fuck he wants. Uh, he does commit crimes when he uh, attaches uh, silencers to for sales. He makes a great analogy to his kid to describe to Rick about why he's making silencers. Because Rick asks him, he says, he's like, well, you got them silencers, Dad. Also, the kid did not sound like he's from Detroit. Just wanted to uh, say that. Everybody else sounded like I he's thought from, he was Ohio. Yeah, he did not sound like he's Well, he's from Boston. Yeah, he didn't sound like a Boston but accent. He didn't though, sound did he? like, he sounded like he was doing an impression of what he thinks a Detroiter would sound like. Yeah. Um, which, 
it isn't what Detroiters sound like. Uh, it's definitely a white kid who grew up in the ghetto voice, but not the ghetto of Detroit. Yeah. Um, what would that be? And go. <laughs> You're good with impressions. I, thought it, I mean, I used to talk like that until I got an education. Um, oh, snap. Well, I mean, uh, until I took English classes and learned that, like, you're talking incorrectly. But. but <laughs> I'm not offended by this. It's no, fine. Rick, he, he sounds like, like there's, the, I think the best example is when they get into that car accident, which isn't oh, a huge yeah, car accident. Yeah, yeah. And he's, like, really upset talking to his dad. And he's just like, he's like, come on, dad. Look how we're living. Like, Look how we're living, dad. And he sounds like he's from, like, the Bronx. But, yeah. like, and, like, Detroit. That's the impression, yeah. And Detroiters, it's definitely an accent, but it's, like, it's, it's more of a southern accent. Than it is like we're doing like that video you sent me that fucking accent breakdown. Video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Detroit accent is very southern, which comes from the fact that a lot of Detroiters moved up from Kentucky. So like, oh, when interesting. The, I didn't know that. Yeah, when the auto industry moved, like, sort of booming, everybody moved from the south where the auto industry was really big up to Detroit because the cost of living was a lot lower. They just built like I seventy five, so like there was ways to get there. You know, within six hours, you can be from Kentucky. Wow. So a lot of Kentuckians moved to Detroit, which is why a lot of people in the ghettos in Detroit have southern sounding urban accents hmm. um which a uh, little history lesson for anybody who doesn't know um can you give an example of this please i'm dying to hear what it sounds like <laughs> i feel weird talking like this um i spent so long getting rid of that accent um but it's just like um say hey we're gonna go over to hobby lobby because uh, what you want to do over there huh oh okay yeah. i see yeah, so yeah. it's like it's like a southern urban accent um, Which and is he funny was doing a very East Coast. Everyone uh, else sounds like that except for him. Yeah, everybody in the movie does it really. Like even yeah. McConaughey sounds like a white guy from Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, great. Right, he's so Kid Rock. He sounds like Kid he Rock. He sounds like Kid. <laughs> <laughs> never met a motherfucker quite like me. Oh um, boy, I don't want to. But I never met. But yeah, him so Kid he was Rock. definitely doing an East Coast black person voice. Yeah, that's um, true. Well, he's from Boston, so that makes sense. Yeah, he First probably movie. studied in Boston. He couldn't. He couldn't uh, contact uh, the real uh, uh, Rick. Because he was underage, and Rick's in, Rick was in prison while they were filming. So he wasn't allowed to have contact with him. Wow. He could only talk to him. Um, he could talk to him on the phone for, like, five-minute intervals a day. Dude. But Conaghy got to meet him, though, because he's obviously over yeah. uh, 18. But, but, um, but yeah, I, uh, minor gripes again, because the movie was great. But Rick uh, Sr., by the way, Matthew Conaghy, is a gun dealer. Um, the kid, Rick Jr., sells some guns to Johnny Crime. Uh. Um, and then he just gets unraveled in this crime game. Then the FBI. Um for some reason, decides you should help us sell drugs so we can take down big crime bosses. And then they, essentially, the movie shows you how drugs were introduced in the black community in the mid-80s. I was furious from this moment on. Yeah, I mean, it was very, it was, the real bad guy in this movie is the FBI and the Detroit Police Department. And I have to find out how accurate all this is, because uh, if it's 100% accurate, then it's I guarantee just, it's pretty close to accurate. I'm pretty sure. It's, it's so, it's so crazy that it's... Yeah, so they it, get, it's what I was talking about earlier with law. Like it, <laughs> wow, <laughs> just evil, fucking evil. Yeah, it's pretty bad, and they they they're very reckless with it, and they just kind of give this kid all the tools to become a drug kingpin. Yep. Um, and then they end up taking down a bunch of people. Um, which he helped with, by the way. Yes. Um, I'm gonna give a spoiler warning now because we're gonna go into some spoiler, some slides. I mean, this is, you can look up the history of this story and find it out, but. Um, so then he gets he gets ends up getting shot by guys in his crew because they find out that he is working with the FBI. And it was Nugs. We're assuming it was Nug. Yeah, we're assuming that they found out. That's why they shot him. Um, then um, after he gets shot, the FBI takes in a bunch of people from Johnny Crime's gang. They all flip on him. Johnny Crime goes to jail. 
Um, so now the kid's out of the game. He's out of the game. Johnny Hands Crime's out of prison right now, right? Johnny Crime got out way before yeah, uh, Rick did. He did. And which that, I said earlier that Rick is still in prison, and apparently he is not in prison anymore. He yeah. was released, what did it say, July? 2017. July of last year. Um, but um, they all go to prison. Rick is out of the game. But they're still poor. Yeah. Now, Rick, the only thing Rick knows now, thanks to the FBI, yep. is how to be a really good drug dealer. Yep. And, and why, why would you not? I mean, it's given, easy money. You're given he, the tools to do it. And also, you got shot because of the FBI. Yeah. And then, you know, like, you have no other option but to do this. He yeah. can't go back to school he because he's to, shitting into a bag they won't because, he got, because he got because shot because of the FBI yeah. and the fucking narcotics division once again. That's, it's it, it's so insane how they set him up for that. Yeah. And then are like, well, how, why would you do that? That's bad. <laughs> Naughty. It's like you taught him. Idiots. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like I did. I used to do evictions in Detroit when I was younger. Uh, when I was like 17, 18. I think I told you the stories before. Where like we'd go to people's houses and we'd evict them. Were you Black Boy Mike? <laughs> I was Black Boy Mike. <laughs> but I mean, they taught us when we did these jobs, they taught us how to break into homes. Like the so government now, taught now us. Now you how know to, how to like break Like I into literally homes. know how to break. I can, I can break into a home and make it not look like I broke in. Because like our job was essentially, because the bank or the bank now owns these properties, they send in a court officer with his crew, which was me and my friends, to go in and seize the property. And we couldn't damage the property. So we had to learn how to break into homes without looking like they were broken into. And like wow. the government taught me how to do that. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, it's just weird the things that the government will do to get what they want done. And also, doesn't it make it seem like, well, now, for sure, I mean, the government could have killed JFK. The government for sure could have killed RFK. The government for sure could have killed Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. Or Malcolm X. Or literally anyone who has been killed and then, like, just wash your hands of it. Yeah, they're really good at washing I hands. honestly would not be surprised. It's weird. I mean, if it, it's just... if it came out that it happened, like that's my thing with all conspiracy theories. It's yeah. like, well, if it came out that it happened, I would not be surprised. I don't think. Yeah. But there's like a two percent chance that I'm like, eh, probably. I wouldn't be surprised at all. So then he goes. They go. He goes back to drug dealing in order to pay for his father, who wants to open a video store. Um, his sister was addicted to smack. They get her from a den house which is just the fucking most soul-crushing scene dude it was mcconaughey really is carrying out his daughter who's i think probably around 17 18 years old she's freaking out carrying her out as she's like strung out of her goddamn mind out of a crack house and she's just freaking out and he's just standing holding her in his arms against the wall while she thrashes and he's just like got this just stoic like i have to be the father and put up with this moment and then they end up which good father man it was it's and this is the thing too is the thing that's great about mcconaughey is like he makes you feel so sympathetic for his character in this movie. Yep. And his character is not a great person. Like if you think about it, I mean he's a he deals guns. He gets his kid into dealing guns, which is pretty illegal. Yep. He illegally modifies his weapons. He doesn't really care about what happens after he sells the guns. Yeah. He's knowing that a lot of the weapons he's selling are going to bad people. Yep. But he doesn't he care. He needs so, I mean, to make money to open that video store. Yeah. And then there's a there's a great scene that kind of accentuates what kind of father he is because he's talking about how um uh, his their mother left them, and he says, you know, Rick finds out that he's Rick Jr. finds out he's going to be a father, and or he is a father, and then Rick Senior says you're going to be a great father and all this stuff, and then he says, um, you know, we didn't plan on having you, we didn't plan on having your sister, and you know everything turned out all right, and Rick just says to him, your daughter's a junkie and you're. Your kid's, your kid's shitting, into, shitting a bag. into a bag. And I'm shit. Yeah, your daughter's <laughs> a junkie, and I'm shitting into a bag. Yeah, which is a great example of how bad of a parent he really is. Yeah. But he cares about his family, and like that's why he does these things is to provide for them. Um, but I mean, this all leads to the fact that he ends up becoming a huge drug kingpin 
while getting back into the drug game, and then he gets arrested by the same officer who worked with him when yep. he was undercover for the FBI. Yeah. And then says a thing, no, no fries back there. Like yeah, because of the fry the analogy. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's just it's, and then the government, the FBI says, you know, oh, if you help us, you know, take down these people, we'll get you. You know, we're gonna do what we can to get you off of this, you know, life sentence. If you're and about then to Matthew get. McConaughey says, "I'll, we'll let, we got to get this in writing." And then they say, "Well, we can't do that." It's like, and then they you say, "You just have to trust me." Cunts. And then it's like the people that got him in this in the first place say, "You have to trust me." Why the fuck would he trust you? Nope. You, you got him into this problem in the first place. And then he trusts them, and, and then, then they gets fuck him. Fucked. And then, oh my God, they, he flips. The mayor's niece, because the mayor is super corrupt. Detroit, who he, has, who he likes. Who he's, yeah, he's he's infatuated with. Flips the mayor's niece to get her and her connections to her, her corrupt government connections to like come taken down by the FBI. They want to yep. take down all the corrupt government in Detroit. And while they after they do this, they fucking broadcast the kid's name yep. all over the news that he was the one working with the FBI. He got them all taken down. Like you're. Paying the Which, target and the that's, kid's back. That's exactly the same thing that happened with American Made. That's why that yeah. guy got killed. Yeah. I mean, if if he would have went to you know if he would have went to jail in solitary confinement just like uh, Rick, he wouldn't have been you know assassinated basically. Yeah. And uh, that's exactly. It's just. It, I mean, it's just. It, oh, we lost. We, we. Sorry, we don't know that's what. That's literally happened. what happens when when Matthew McConaughey confronts the FBI agent who was his handler, confronts her at her government building or whatever, and he's just like, you know, you told me to trust you. And she's like, oh, well, you know, we tried. And it's like, did you? You probably fucking did. You didn't give a shit about this no, kid. No, they didn't care. Like at all. they got what they wanted and they moved on. And this kid is was sitting behind. He sat behind bars for thirty fucking years mm-hmm. for selling. And it's like. Selling drugs are bad. This is true. Thirty years worth of bad. No. Like how many drugs was he selling? Like he got caught with eight thousand grams. They said the legal something like the that. law is sixty five hundred. Like you can't have more than sixty five hundred grams. Well, and, and the idea too that people have um, people have done less or have done more. Sorry, well, look at, and he, done less. Even time. fucking Johnny Crime, who had him killed, like he yeah. attempted to murder him, yep. got out of prison before he did. Mm-hmm. Like, and but they, they don't care because he's expendable. What's that line that they say? Um, oh, the the he's talking to a lawyer about like his crime, and he says, um, you know, he got the law is sixty five hundred grams. You got caught with eighty one hundred grams in the state of Michigan. You would have been better off killing somebody. Yeah, is what he says. I remember that line. Like, yep. which is true, unless you're Adnan Syed. And then it's like, how the? F- it's just like you punish people for this crime that the government made him do. Yeah. Like it's the whole, the whole idea of Ronald Reagan introducing crack cocaine to the black community is encompassing in this film. I mean, they even say it in the movie. The FBI guy says, oh, what does the first lady say? And he says, just, say, know, no. just say no. And then they, and then after the annou- that announcement, they start making him sell drugs. It's just crazy. And it and it's so crazy that this is like an actual story. This isn't made up. This no. actually happened. And just, it, it is, it, it's so baffling to me, but not surprising. Yeah. It's every, um, every other thing I hear, I'm like, I, I really can't believe it, but I'm not shocked or surprised. Uh, yeah, so um, the movie was good. It was very yeah. good, but it's just it makes you, it really makes you think. It's a good movie to just watch if you don't if you really don't believe if you trust the government if you think the government is corrupt if you don't trust the things that people say about the things the government will do. Go see this movie and you will, your mind yep. will be changed. I'm walking around constantly now just being like I need an alibi for literally everything <laughs> I do. Like Patrice O'Neill has this amazing joke about how he's like I can't go longer than 10 minutes. Patrice O'Neill rest in peace, but he's a great comic. Uh, about how I can't go like 10 minutes without having documentation of where I've been. Like I'll go and 
I'll, I'll buy a, you know, I'll buy a pop or something, and then uh, or I'll buy a can of uh, Pepsi or something. And he's like, uh, do, you, do you need a receipt? Yeah, I need a receipt. Oh, paper's out. I need the receipt. Like that kind of <laughs> shit. And he's like, because I don't want to be walking through the park and then you know throw the can over my shoulder and it hits a dead hooker and it's like, oh, now yeah, I'm going to show. life, <laughs> going life in prison or something like. He says it better, obviously, but it's just that idea of like you have to have an alibi for literally everything. And yeah. then even if you get into court and have an alibi, it, it depends on your lawyer who has to care about the case to actually talk to all the alibi uh, witnesses. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's, if you, if you get wrongly accused of something, you are so fucked. Oh yeah. Also, That's um, it. uh, another minor gripe. This is just as a former Detroiter gripe. Um, I felt like, Detroit was not a character in this film. No. Which is really unfortunate because I think they missed a huge opportunity. Yeah. I mean, Detroit is a character. Like, it is. If you spend any time in the city, you know that city had so much personality. Yeah, it'd be like filming in New York and then, like, oh, I mean, you know, we were just there. Like, it's not a yeah. part of the thing. It's like, it has to be. It's just it's just weird because they make so much effort to, like, point out that it's Detroit. But then, like we said earlier in the podcast, it wasn't filmed in Detroit and it's very noticeable. It might not be noticeable. It won't be noticeable to anybody who's never been to Detroit. They'll never know. Yeah. But... If you've been to Detroit, you know the Detroit... I mean, just every scene that takes place in their neighborhood, on their block, the streets are empty. Yeah. Which is not Detroit. That's not. Summertime in Detroit, those blocks are fucking... Every porch has got people on it. There's kids playing in the street. Like, there's just no personality. Even in the winter, people are outside. Like, Detroit urban neighborhoods are built around the porch. They're built around community. Yeah. And these neighborhoods just felt, like, just stagnant. It felt, it was like, like, when it felt you, like Ohio. It, it was like, like when you play... You ever played, um, like, any open-world video game where there aren't pedestrians on the street. Like, it's very noticeable. Like, yeah. like remember the first Mafia game was like that, where they're like, oh, the city's huge and it's free roam. It's 1930s New York and you can go everywhere. But you drive on the streets and they're just empty. Yeah. And like, this just did, feels weird. They, like, didn't, they didn't put people in. Yeah, so, I mean, that was my only other complaint. I, I feel like I've complained more than you have. Uh, which yeah, is I mean, weird, I'm not but. from Detroit, uh, but I can assume, like, those things... I knew that going in, like just ex- expecting that it wouldn't look like Detroit at all. Mm-hmm. And um, there's only one even there's even one scene where there's like a like they're driving down a road and Detroit see the downtown area in the yeah. background, which I'm sure coming, was just done in post. I think they're coming but, from Ohio though, because it was like a, the uh, no no, gun, no no the gun show. They were yeah, they were coming from Ohio, but they were in Michigan. Like you can't see. Detroit from the from like Toledo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, they, had, um, they had come back. Yeah. But like that was the only scene where they even acknowledged like this is Detroit, which I'm sure they put the skyline in and post. And oh, stuff. for sure. But I, it's just, eh, I think they, they would have, it would have benefited so much if they would have just filmed it in Detroit. Um, but I mean, that's these are fucking small things I'm picking out. Like I'm getting like Cinema Sins picky right now with this. Well, film. no, I don't <laughs> think it is. I think it's because of budgets too. Because you notice there's what three companies, three company logos. Studio Eight, uh, Paramount, S- and Studio. Sony. Well, Sony owns Columbia. Sony but. and Columbia. Yeah, man, it's crazy. But yeah, it's a good movie, Garrett. What do you think? What kind of a what kind of rating are we gonna give? I this? give it a seven point five uh, mullets out of ten. He did have a mullet. Seven point five. <laughs> Gross, yucky Matthew McConaughey mullets out of ten. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this movie just because of. I, I think I'm gonna take half a point away from your score just because, just the Detroit thing yeah, just yeah, really yeah. took me out of it. Just not too much to enjoy the movie, but enough to be noticeable for yeah. me. So I'm gonna give it seven. Uh, we're going to custards out of, out of ten. Can I change mine from mullets? Um, 
barely there 17 year old mustache <laughs> did have a, it was like a blonde mustache it was too it was, coming in it was one of those uh, mustaches where you're like yeah that kid uh really desperately wants to go through puberty did you notice the day that he started shaving and then went to uh and then he got like arrested mm-hmm. that and it's like in the next scene he has like a little bit a little gone. peach fuzz yeah a little bit gone because he started shaving it. oh did it he oh didn't i didn't finish. notice yeah, that yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Huh. all right well Thanks for listening, you guys. Um, subscribe. Subscribe, like, download. My name's review. Garrett Elzinga. My name's Michael Logan. Garrett, where are you at this weekend? Uh, I am at Spring Lake on Thursday. Oh, Jacks, eh? Jacks. I'm headlining. Very excited. Oh, you're headlining. Congratulations, I'm headlining. man. Thanks. I hope it's good. Um, sweet trip for you. West Ward, I believe. No, that's Chessening. On Saturday, I'm in Chessening, Michigan, and uh, West Ward is featuring. I don't know who's featuring at uh, Jacks, though. No. Some. Bum, probably. Anyway, so yeah, I'm, I got two two headline things for the agency in town. I'm very excited. Congrats, man. About about time. And so I am going to switch places with Garrett this weekend, and I'll be at Dr. Grin's all weekend. Yeah, you're going to be MC. Yeah, I'll be at Dr. Grin's. Um, who, I forgot who the headliner is. Chris Barnes. Chris Barnes is the headliner. Funny story about that. Um, I went to this... Um, Art Carnival. I went to this... I went to this fucking... Wait, who's Chris... Chris Chris Barnes. Is he the the voice guy? No, that's Michael Winslow. No, no, no. The Greg Morton. That's what I'm thinking of. No, no. Um, no, so um, last week I went to this, uh, last Friday, I went to the Urban Core Collective on this Detroit Motor City refuel trip where they take a bunch of urban movers and shakers from Grand Rapids and we go to Detroit for a day. Oh. And we got like tours and stuff of like different landmarks. A bunch of shit I already knew because like I'm yeah. from there. But um, but it was fun because like, we learned about a lot of like the urban planning going on in Detroit and stuff and then they paid for our meals all day. Um, I just imagine you telling everybody the Kentucky story. It was like the Kentucky to Detroit. It was funny because we did a bunch of tours and like I knew most of the stuff. Like we were on the west side of Detroit and I grew up on the east side, but I still knew most of the stuff yeah. about the west side. And um, and so like we'd go to places and they'd be like, "This used to be a row of houses." It's like I know I was I played there. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but um, but during the whole trip, they they slowly everybody started to find out what I did because everybody there was kind of like of the same business. Like they all had they were business owners or they were like. In like nonprofits and stuff, junkies. Yeah, all junkies. Oh. No, I mean the people in the. I know. Um, I'm joking. And so then they were like, they everybody kept wondering. I think they're all just like, well, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. And they're like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a comedian. And all of them are just like, what? <laughs> so then by the end of the trip, like I was like doing sets on the bus. No, but Whoa. I did do a set in jail. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I'll tell you what. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, so I um, I told them what I did, and then I was like, oh, I'll be at Grins this weekend. You know, you all should come or whatever. And then um, one of them says, I just posted about you in a, there's a Facebook page, which you I'm sure you don't know about, called Black People GR. Oh, I got to get in there. <laughs> but she's like, oh, I just posted about you. And I'm like, really? And wow. obviously it was the headliner and not yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, a black group thought I was that black guy? Like, we should know better. Like, we don't. <laughs> oh, you guys look all, you we all look, look the like same to, to each other. To black okay. people. Right. But, um, but no, I do. you look I, in the mirror and go, am I? I'm like, no, I'm sense. me. I'm still me. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no, I did a set in jail the other night. Uh, one of my guys in my, the guys in my pod, which is what they call, like, the big... So, like, when you go to jail... You've ever been to jail, right? No. You go to jail, they put you in a holding cell. You've heard of those, like, drug tanks, they call yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And then once you... If you're there overnight, you, they got to put you up into, like, this um, arraignment area where it's, like, just a big room with, like, usually ten other guys. And then once you get sentenced, you get moved upstairs, and then you're, like, in general population. Yeah. And so I never got sentenced, obviously, because I was only there for a day. <clears throat> But I had to move up to, like, the pod area. So I've been to the pod with these ten other guys, and I wasn't happy. And so I was just, they were all, they've all been there for a couple weeks. And I just went in there in the middle of the night, and I was sleeping, and I was kind of quiet all day. And then finally, um, once I uh, made bail, I knew I was getting out in, like, an hour. I was like, okay, I'm in a good mood now. And then, um, so then 
I started talking to the guys, and they were all talking about what they do and what they're in there for and shit. And then one guy was just like, because they're all kids. Like, the oldest person, which is also really sad. Dude, it's upsetting. Like, the only person I was in there with, so it was, the oldest person was, I think, 20. And, like, all the other kids were, like, and I see kids because they were all, like, 17 to 20 years old. Dude, the, the prison system is... Some of these kids deserve to be in there. But, <laughs> well, like, yeah. like, a lot of them I was talking to, and they're just, like, like one of them was just, like, talking about, like, yeah, man, if a motherfucker stepped to me, I'll fucking knock him the fuck out. I'm like, for anything? Like, <laughs> <laughs> is that your first joke? That's funny. No, so then uh, one of them started talking, they're like, because they're, like, like, oh, you bonding out? Because, like, that's the thing in jail is everybody talks about, like, when you're getting out. Oh. And so, like, I was on the phone, and I was like, okay, I got bonded out. And they're like, oh, man, you know, what do you what do? You do? Where you got that kind of money? Like, that kind of questions. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I mean, I, I do voiceover work, and I'm a comedian. And they're like, oh, were you a comedian? And then, like, the one you dude. You like Dave Chappelle? The one dude was like, he's just like, do some shit for us right now. So normally, we don't like that, right? Like, no. that's not a, but these guys are in jail. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, you're like Johnny Cash up in there, I, Literally it's what like I thought. And blues. Like I was, I was like, at first I was like, oh, I don't want to do it. But then I'm like, oh, these guys, you know, they don't have anything to look forward to, you know? Yeah, like, I'm true. getting out in an hour. They're going to be here for who knows how the fuck long. So I did a straight 10-minute set for them. They fucking loved it. Did they give you the light? <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because like, I did the set. and then, a standing like, ovation? Tell me, did you crush? Like, Oh, I crushed. They fucking loved oh, me. Oh, that's great. They loved me. And like I did, you know, I did my normal stuff, and then they were just... Did you like, do David Blaine? I didn't do the David Blaine story. Oh. I did like I did the the white girl, the stupid attractive or attractive white girl. Show. Oh yeah, yeah, that's um, great. I did uh, uh, the police brutality one, yep. which I thought was appropriate, and then um, and then I did the new set that I actually did at Sunday Night Funnies, like I'm it was about being... my time in there. Okay. And then like one of the guys I was in the cell with is in the set. And, and like when I started talking about him, he's like, he's like, oh that's me, nigga, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> But God. it was like the highlight of my day that day because I lost that competition that night. So that was the best that I did that day. That's so funny. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, hopefully they get out and go to my shows. Oh, uh, one kid said he was going to go to the funnies because he said, he's like, I'm getting out tonight. And I'm like, sure you are. <laughs> did you see him? No, I didn't see him. No. He didn't get out. <laughs> no, he didn't get out. It's like, it's funny because like, uh, I don't know, this is really off topic. guys. Sorry about this, but. Um, I'm keeping all this in, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, yeah, that's I did. That was my first time doing a prison set. Uh, wow, it was very Johnny Cashy. Um, so if you're in the Kent County Correction Facility and hear legends of that comedian that was in there, it was me. I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. I didn't get paid. That's all right. <laughs> you got paid with your life. I paid like four hundred dollars to do that set. Jesus, that's like, that's like New York. <laughs> right. Five minutes for five five dollars. You gotta go out. Minutes. You gotta go out and fucking hawk in the street, and then you gotta pay four to one hundred dollars to do a five minute set Ugh. for three comedians. Gross. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, like we said, like, subscribe, come find us live and listen to us do comedy. Because think about how much you like us in the podcast. We're like 10 times funnier and on stage. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is all improv. And uh, I'm pretty good at it, but I'm not the best. I'm the best at doing actual jokes. I got to tell you about some of the new stuff we've been working on. Anyway. All right, I'm Mike Logan. I'm Garrett Elziga. And, and that, that was great. great.